Uh, by the way, uh, our uh, sponsor here is Home Title Lock. Uh, you never thought COVID could cost you your home, but it's happened to people because <laughs> cybercrime is up 75% uh, through the pandemic. I think that's just because, like, you know, hackers are home, too. <laughs> they're just, like, bored, and they're just on their computer all the time um, hacking you. Uh, and home title theft is one of their big tar- targets now. Cyber criminals, foreign and domestic, are now after our home titles. And that means that they can get your equity. If you have equity built up in your home, and, and many of us do, because that's really the kind of the way we retire in the United States, uh, you, you know that uh, if that goes away, you're in big trouble and it's impossible to unwind. Make sure to go to Home Title Lock uh, today. Home Title Lock is the place to go to protect your home's title, protect your retirement, to protect your financial, fu- financial future. Uh, go to HomeTitleLock.com, register your address, see if you're already a victim, and you'll get 30 risk-free days of protection. The code is radio at HomeTitleLock.com. Code radio, HomeTitleLock.com. Thank you not to say that there's a border crisis. There is a border challenge going on right now. It is not a crisis. There's nothing to see here. Please move along. Uh, We'll share with you some of the thoughts, uh, again, of of Joe Biden last night with uh, George Stephanopoulos, where he, uh, he pretty much denied that he ever said that you should come right now uh, within the next hundred days if you're a migrant and you'll be allowed in. We'll share with you that campaign promise in just a minute. And then what he had to say uh, last night to George Stephanopoulos. That and lots more uh, coming up in 60 seconds. The Glenn Beck Program. Ah, it seemed like such a good idea at the time. This is the line applied to all sorts of things. Going to that youth summer camp where all those teenagers got murdered 10 years ago. Telling your wife that, yes, she does look fat in that dress. And of course, the granddaddy of all bad ideas, buying into that timeshare that you never use. Now you're stuck with owning a portion of a property that you don't control and probably can't visit most of the time, or at least can't visit in the locations that you actually want to visit. And you're paying maintenance fees all the time. It's time to call Timeshare Termination Team. They 100% guarantee to get you out legally or your money back. Call Timeshare Termination Team today to get the process started. Don't keep putting it off and get stuck with another year of a timeshare you don't want or use. You'll get 20% off when you terminate your timeshare. Be sure to tell them uh, that Glenn Beck sent you. 888-GET-YOU-OUT is the number to call. 888-438-8688. Or visit them online at, online at timeshareterminationteam.com. Have peace of mind with Timeshare Termination Team's 100% money-back exit guarantee. Learn more online at timeshareterminationteam.com. It's Pat and Stu for Glenn today. Uh, hopefully... He'll be back tomorrow. I don't, he must have really thrown his back out uh, quite badly. Um, 
So uh, there's been a little bit of delay on the the special on tonight's uh, special. Um, I think that'll probably happen next Wednesday instead. Triple eight seven two seven B E C K. Joe Biden last night on uh, with with uh, George Stephanopoulos, and Stephanopoulos actually pressed him on the crisis going on at the border, which of course to the Biden administration isn't a crisis at all. Uh, it's the same thing that's that's it, been happening for years, and and this is all Donald Trump's fault anyway. Um, here's Stephanopoulos as, actually asking him some decent questions about the border. A lot of the migrants coming in saying they're coming in because you promised to make things better. It hmm. seems to be getting worse by the day. Was it a mistake not to anticipate this surge? Well, first yes. of all, there was a surge the last two years and and, and 19 and 20 there was a surge as well this one might be worse no well it could be but here's the deal we're sending back people first of all the idea that joe biden said come because i I heard the other day that they're they're coming because they know i'm a nice guy and i won't do this because you told them to well, here's the That's deal. Right. Here's the they're deal. Not. They're Do not. Do you have to say quite clearly? What do you mean they're not? Good follow. follow up there. Yes, I can say quite clearly. <laughs> here's don't the deal. Come they're not. We're in the process of getting <laughs> set up. Don't leave your town or city mm. or community. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay. See, the Democrats get to say this every time, and it's not unbelievable. Hateful. You know, don't leave your sound, town or city is the thing that Donald Trump would say, and that would be hateful when he said it. And xenophobic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You should. Well, you shouldn't. You know, he, uh, he's right on that point. If you want to give him a very narrow, he's correct. You shouldn't illegally come to another country in any circumstance. Other than a good safety tip. P- potentially like a massive war going on in your country and you're escaping as a refugee. Uh, really, uh-huh. there's no reason to do this. It's not for, not for economic benefit. Uh, and that's not what these laws are set up to do. And honestly, illegally, you shouldn't ever come. You should you know come as a refugee in certain circumstances. Well, B- Biden denies that he is responsible at all for this. But let's go back to the campaign and the promise he made essentially to the people of Mexico and Central and South America uh, when he talked about the first hundred days of his administration. Cut number two. They're there seeking asylum. First time ever we've told people they can't come to America. That huh. ends. The cages oh, closed. That ends. C- cages are closed. And hmm. and in the first 100 days, he goes on to say that, the, you know, the they're gonna they're, they can come here essentially and uh and receive asylum from the united states of america like we've never told them before not to come yeah and by the way uh they the cages are open uh just so you know <laughs> they're now open come on in <laughs> you're going yeah. to cageville everybody uh right uh cage town and they're at full future. capacity too beyond full capacity yep the cages i mean the average is something like 300 percent of pre-covid capacity so I mean, Democrats were weeping over it. They they would mm-hmm. literally have press conferences where they would break down and weep openly about how inhumane it was Donald Trump treating these these children that came across the border that were ripped, that were torn from the arms of their crying mothers and then tossed into these cages like animals. Uh, all of that was uh, so tragic uh, under Donald Trump, and now, now it's just the humane thing to do. Now, what else are we supposed to do with them? They're they're just all here without their parents, and we've got to find some place for them. And we don't know where they belong, and we're trying really hard to find their parents. Um, so, what are we supposed to do other than put them in these 
facilities. Mm. They're facilities now. They're not gauges. No, now they're just facilities. They're wonderful facilities. I went back, by the way, Pat, and I think you'll remember the story when Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, these photos came out of her at the border and she was crying at a fence. You remember these things? I, I do. Yeah. And, you know, the people were kind of mocking them as sort of looking very staged. And they they were actually taken before AOC was like a figure, a public figure. She was running for office, but like no one knew who she was at this point. And I went back and just glanced at those. They are among the most cringeworthy photos I've ever seen in my life. Oh, I'd love to see them. She it they now she claims this was a real moment, and the photographer says it was a real moment of emotion overtaking her. <laughs> yeah, they look so cringy staged. and staged. And mm. you know she's standing in front of this fence, and it is like down the road along like driveway if you will to a facility so people were saying well she's just in front of an empty lot it's not true exactly like you know she was near the facility it was as close as she could get i mean they weren't allowing people in, inside mm-hmm. but still like i just i don't know it's like can you, you know i don't know i'm trying to think of like if you were if you went to a, a, meet, a site that somehow meant something to you but you could barely see it in the distance it's it doesn't seem like it would evoke the emotion and then it just like it just doesn't look real. It looks like she's just standing there, fake crying for the camera. I mean, it. it, it <laughs> I don't know what it is. Seeing them again after knowing her, because when we first saw them, she was kind of in the news, and it wasn't a huge story at the time. Knowing how awful she is, and how her her only goal in life is to pander to cameras. Uh, you know, all she does all the time is go on Instagram live and run her mouth about God knows what, about she doesn't know how the freaking, you know, garbage disposal works or whatever she talks about. <laughs> and uh, to see these photos in that light now that we know kind of who she is. Oh, mm-hmm. they're cringy. Are you, are you looking at them? Did you pull I'm them? trying to find them. I haven't seen them yet. Oh, I, I have to stop. Uh, yeah. They are so cringy. I know we had them on the, we, we, we showed uh, briefly on the show the other day on Stu Does America. Uh, and it's just oh it, it gives you that feeling inside your stomach when you realize like mm-hmm. someone's like trying uh, like a really bad actor or actress who's trying to pull off a role and failing and like everyone around you knows that they're failing to get that like tightness mm-hmm. in your stomach mm-hmm. and it's like oh god this is so cringy that's what it feels like when you look at them i know she said something early on when it came out again that uh, that biden is using the cages and she actually said something uh negative about it moderately moderately yeah. negative not was it wasn't a literal concentration camp when joe biden was doing no it. that's for sure uh but she's been amazingly silent since i think she said yeah. one thing about it and then she shut her mouth about it and she said like this is wrong it's always been wrong that's but, what it was but donald trump is evil you know, it was like that type of thing like <laughs> yeah, it's pretty much yeah it, it, you know totally different standard and of course all these things that she talked about you know she complained about wanting this 15 dollars minimum wage and how she was going to hold up the process she didn't vote against against the bill it's amazing she let it go through Jeez. anyway because she's just like so many other democrats you know there's no there's nothing there and back in late february glenn tweeted out uh, maybe you guys talked about this at the time. Just for the record, the oh. Biden administration is separating children and parents. Did you talk about that at the time? Because PolitiFact fact checked that. They are separating children and parents. Yes. Glenn Beck said that. That the evil Glenn Beck 
uh, with oh, his hatefulness. I love this one. That, this is the one where he said a, a full sentence and they mm-hmm. fact-checked half the sentence. <laughs> yes. They actually broke the <laughs> sentence into two pieces so they could give him a false ranking. That's uh, unbelievable. And, and, and like... Well, I don't understand why this is better. What is happening now? This is their argument. When Donald Trump was president, a mom and a, and a son would come across the border and the mom would get arrested for coming across the border. Mm-hmm. They didn't want to throw the son into jail, right? Yes. So they, right. they would detain them in two different places. That was the separation of children from parents that we heard so much about. Right. 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 What's happening now is the parents at some point before they cross the border are having their the kids go across. ahead of them by themselves. So right. they're now crossing the border solo instead of with their parent. They're still separate. They mm-hmm. just separated on the other side of the border. And that means Donald Trump is evil and Hitler and literal concentration camp guy. And Joe Biden is totally fine. And they act as if Donald Trump had his minions down at the border stealing babies from the arms of their of their parents. When, in fact, it was mostly teenagers then, like it's mostly teenagers now. Mm. It was it was older children and teens. Yeah. Uh, I don't think a lot of babies were torn from the, <laughs> the arms of their mothers as they carried a, across the border. Now, we're, I mean, what we're looking at right now is 15, 16, and 17-year-olds, largely. Yeah. Now, look, yeah. are those quote-unquote children? I mean, the lies of the law, sure, they're underage, uh, but... You know, it's a different story than what you picture. And, you know, they, they will use the photos to elicit emotion. They will find the one younger child who happens to be in a large group and, and focus on them, uh, who doesn't know what's going on. And they yeah. just obviously they use this. They use these photos for their advantage, just like these AOC photos. I think we have them now. Have you, if we if you're. Oh, good. Look at. <laughs> oh yeah look at that it's just no comical. that that just happened to be uh somebody walking by with a camera <laughs> at the same time that aoc started breaking down it is it, if you're it's clearly spontaneous if, Stu. if you happen to be on blaze tv it's 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 worth watching because it, it basically you have the there's a couple different vibes here you have one vibe where she's looking like a sad puppy dog at the camera which is just hysterical and then the other one where she's standing by herself and awkwardly bending over Uh in her pristine white clothing (laughs) and her nice new watch and she's kind of just like crying i I, like i just it doesn't seem it bent her in half the grief the grief bent her in half the The grief of these children being taken from their parents bent her in half and look there are a lot of sad stories on the border this is why we say we should have it under control I mean, yeah. there are really terrible, tragic stories yeah. that happen on the border all the time. People who are convinced by Democrats, largely, that this is not really an offense, that it's basically, it's less than a speeding ticket because you don't even get fined. And, we, and, you know, they come across the border thinking they're going to get a better life because Democrats are screaming that uh, that it's possible. And now they see Biden as the, quote, migrant president, the Mexican president said that these migrants see Joe Biden as the migrant president. And they they are coming here because they believe it's okay. But they believe because mm-hmm. half the country and all of the media is saying it it's okay. And just to accentuate that point, uh, we have one of the migrants actually uh, speaking about this. Uh, let me see. Do we have this today or... Yeah, okay. Here's here's one of the migrants talking about Joe Biden, actually. 
What I want for my people, I just want patience and peace that we can get to the U.S. because they're having a new president versus uh, Biden. Right. He's going to help all of us. He's given us a hundred days uh -huh. to get to the U.S. <laughs> and give us legal mental paper so uh -huh. we can get a better life for our kids and family. Isn't that great? So, so they got it right from Joe Biden. He's given them a hundred days to get here and just have a better life for him and his family. And I look, we that's as, amazing, it is isn't amazing. it? And we as conservatives would look at this and say, I, a lot of times we'll say, like, you shouldn't come across the border and, you know, it's a bad idea, blah, blah, blah. And that's, of course, true. But it's also like you from their perspective, the messaging they're getting from the entire media and uh, not to mention the candidate mm -hmm. himself and all of his allies in Congress is it's mean if we send you back. Yeah. If we say, hey, you know, we're going to deport you, that's the mean thing. We're not going to do that anymore. He campaigned on it. Of course they believe they can come in. They, we've, yep. they've been, we've been telling you this for months and months and months and months. If Joe Biden gets in, everything's going to be fine. Well, of course they believe they can come in. Of course they do. They he told them. Yeah. I mean, they, he essentially told them that, look, I'm your guy. I'm your president, too, because I'm going to invite you in. Uh, that's what he did. That's the message they got. Yeah. And they're not experts on the law of the United States. Think about right. this. Like, sure, you could say, okay, it's against the law. But like when the, the leader of the nation and all of the big Democrats are all saying it's basically okay. Mm -hmm. Well, of course, that's the impression they're going to have. It's basically okay. Yeah, it might be frowned upon. Yeah, you know, I mean, uh, they're not going to like fly you in and give you a welcome ceremony. But at the end of the day, you're going to come in, you're going to be in a facility for a couple of days and get released into the country. And you're going to get what you want. And anything other than that is mean and Hitler and literal concentration camps. So, of course, they believe this is okay. You know, I mean, mm -hmm. if, if, the, if you had a speeding limit of, you know, a speed limit of 55, but the, the governor, the, the, the sheriff, the police force were all saying it's actually 75. You guys can all go 75. What the hell would you do? You go 75, <laughs> right? I do anyway. So, yes, the answer to that is yes. <laughs> uh, all right. So uh, you've announced to your family that you're going to be moving soon. And as you feared. Your sister's kid has offered to become your real estate agent. Oh, no. After all, he's been doing it on the side for a while now, and he's got three or four clients, and and it's gone really well. Take a good look at that kid. If you Be honest with yourself. You know, you know. I mean, maybe he's ready to, to, to microwave some popcorn for you. That's about it. He's probably a crappy real estate agent, and that's why he's not on realestateagentsitrust.com. The professionals we, uh, we have on realestateagentsitrust.com are the best in the area. The agents who work with real estate agents, I trust.com. They're the, the ones with the best practices. They have the best results. They've been screened for you, so you don't have to do it. And you don't have to trust some random relative or some person you met in a coffee shop or some picture you saw on a bench when some uh, somebody stood up to get on the bus. You don't need that. We, the best in the industry we're talking about here. And uh, you don't have to take your you know our word for it here. Uh, just interview one for yourself. Go on the site. Find the best agent in your area. It's really easy to do. Realestateagentsitrust.com. If you're moving to a new area, taking a new job, maybe as the economy opens up, maybe you're fleeing from New York or California to, to some state that's, you know, better. Go to realestateagentsitrust.com before you buy that house. Realestateagentsitrust.com. That's the place to go. Realestateagentsitrust.com. 10 seconds. Station ID.
It's a really sad story. Apparently, there's a shortage now of songbirds. And uh, what? Yeah, yeah. Male songbirds usually learn their tunes uh, from their adult mentors, but when these aspiring songbirds lack proper role models, they hit the wrong notes in their songs, and then they have less success uh, with the with the ladies. Well, attracting mates. It's tough. Mm. It's it's been going on for a while now, and so there's only about three to four hundred wild birds left today. While male birds once formed large winter flocks, now they're sparsely distributed across the landscape, and a lot of them just fly solo, which means fewer of them have mentors to teach them the songs that they need to attract uh, their mate. Song learning in many birds is a process similar to humans learning languages. They learn by listening to other individuals. If you can't listen to other individuals, uh, you don't know what you should be learning. And apparently now none of them know any Zeppelin songs at all anymore. And uh, and the, apparently the female uh, birds really like Led Zeppelin. <laughs> really? They used to sing a lot of Barry White too. Really? And yeah, and now it's mostly the baby songs, and that just that's not doing it for them. <laughs> Apparently, the baby doesn't work quite as well, really, as the Barry White tunes they used to sing. Unconventional male singers were less successful in wooing mates. Scientists have found we think the females are avoiding breeding and nesting with males that sing unusual songs. Typical, typical females. So hard to please. Apparently, they're learning songs from other species of birds. And so the songbird females don't like the songs they're learning from other female, from other, from other birds. And so uh, uh, they won't mate. They just, that's tragic. When male birds sing, it's like putting out an ad saying, I'm over here. I'm species X. I'm Bob. <laughs> and I'm really interested in finding a partner. That's, that's what they're saying. Hmm. But then things go wrong if the males uh, sing the wrong songs and uh, the females don't respond to it. I believe global warming for all of us. That's exactly what the problem is. <laughs> it's global warming. <laughs> it's shocking. It is global warming. It's changed their migratory patterns, and uh, now they don't learn the songs they need in order to mate. Because of the migratory patterns? Mm-hmm. Because of their migratory patterns. And too many of them flying solo and aren't learning the songs that they need mm. to attract the females. Sad. Crushing. The Glenn Beck Program. Remember when trillions seemed like a lot of money? Mm-mm. It was a long time ago now. Yeah. Like a year too, ago. Too long ago. <clears throat> Two years ago, maybe. Mm. Where trillions seemed like, oh my gosh, a trillion dollar bill. Now we do that like every day. Uh, you know, every day or two, we got another trillion dollar bill going out the door. Um, that has just kind of passed into existence. And... If you think of how big that number is, it is a real problem. You know what's going on with our economy. You know what's going on with our dollar. About $400 billion of the stimulus package went to direct checks. The rest of it, I mean, much of it went to, to all sorts of crazy projects and, and nonsense. And, of course, uh, you know you know that we're just borrowing this money anyway. Where is the dollar going to go from here? You need to be able to have some sort of backing that is based in something real. The U.S. dollar is in serious trouble. It's time to plan. Think about your retirement. It's time to start now. Goldmine is offering 6% free metals with a qualifying self-directed IRA acquisition. Old 401k, IRA, retirement plans all qualify for the special incentive. 
Don't wait. Call now. They're standing by to take your call right now. 866-GOLDLINE. It's 866-GOLDLINE or go to goldline.com. Glenn Beck, Stuper Gare, Stephen Crowder, Dave Rubin, and me, Pat Gray. Listen to all your favorite conservative voices at blazetv.com. Promo code Glenn. It's Pat and Stu for Glenn. Triple eight seven two seven B E C K. Hopefully he'll be better uh, and back tomorrow. Um, meantime, you can check out my show, Pat Gray Unleashed, immediately preceding this one live uh, on the Blaze Radio and TV Network, or anytime you want during uh, during the day or night on podcast. Same with Stu Show. You can check that out at eight o'clock live Eastern, or anytime you want on podcast. Yeah, subscribe to the podcast. Stu Does America and Pat Gray Unleashed. Uh, Pat, there's a new clip from Joe Biden. He's speaking out after being asked about the Andrew Cuomo situation. Of course, we should note that Andrew Cuomo is awful. Dot com. (laughs) And this is an interesting. Is that a new theory for you? Yeah. he's. Oh, yeah. Okay. Andrew Cuomo is awful. Dot com is a very important theory that everyone should know. Because I know at one time you liked him a lot. Oh, right. Wasn't there a time when you were a huge huge fan? That's changed a little bit. A little bit. Uh In fact, I never liked him and I don't think I ever (laughs) will. But I I will say I didn't have much of a feeling about him until the COVID situation. I I didn't really regard him in either way. I mean, he was a liberal governor of New York that obviously I disagreed with. And we just didn't pay much attention to him. Yeah. And he seemed to be better than like bill de blasio as far as policy i would have said yes that's true right if i had to point to one they both sucked but he wasn't the worst politician in new york right Uh, now it's hard to to deny anything and i think like to get a guy like andrew cuomo thrown out of office for him to actually resign you basically i would say need all of these things to happen you need to have local officials First of all, none of this means you need to have Democrats. I mean, they, Republicans don't matter at all in this situation. Mm-hmm. And obviously, Republicans are going to call for him. His uh, resignation doesn't matter. You need local Democrats. First of all, we yes. have those because Republicans have no power no. in New York. Virtually none. No, you need uh, New York Congress people. The majority now, the congressional de- uh, de- uh, delegation have called for his resignation. Yeah. So you have that. You need New York. The New York senators. Both of them came out this past week. And said, Joe Biden uh, that uh, Andrew Cuomo should resign. Both Gillibrand and Schumer have and said. Schumer, mm-hmm. yeah, they both okay. came out. And they did it on Friday mm-hmm. night, which is somewhat revealing to me. Yeah, but it did happen. Then you need the other two things. Only two that you have left, I think, are big Democratic national figures unrelated to New York. So I'm talking about, you know, Nancy Pelosi. You're talking talk about mm-hmm. like a big um, a, a, a Dick Durbin, right? You need these prominent. Mm-hmm. influential Democrats that are unrelated to New York politics, giving that sense that essentially they're noticing this too. This happened with like Al Franken, for example. You had people like Kirsten Gillibrand from New York calling for his resignation, uh, and it kind of adds to the momentum. And that's why it happened. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then you need the executive branch. Now, we don't have that. I would say we don't at this point have national, regular national Democrats. But we uh, we have a comment from Biden People are making a big deal about this. I'm not sure it's as big a deal as, as people are saying. Uh, here it is. This is Joe Biden talking about Andrew Cuomo. Let me ask you about Governor Cuomo of New York. I know you've said you want the investigation to continue. If the investigation confirms the claims of the women, should he resign? Yes. I think mm. he'd probably end up being prosecuted, mm. too. Oh. Yeah. Well, that's 
that's a little that's stronger than he's been stronger than he's been because the other day he just said well let's let this play out and see what happens that was basically what he said right although he said it like this mm-hmm. Is, are you playing a sound clip of biden saying yeah, it right now because yes. that's exactly how he sounded yes <laughs> it's amazing because he is at times at certain times during the day gone he's completely he, the lights are on but nobody's home inside mm-hmm. And then other times, I don't know if it's when he's well-rested or if he's just had his medication, but he can be somewhat sharp like he sort of used to be. Not as sharp as he used to be, but you can see that, okay, he yeah he's there. He's like, there. Like in that interview, I think he was there. And they, I think his team and his wife, uh, the evil lady McBiden, uh, prep him for these things, and they they plan accordingly for when he has to do like a George Stephanopoulos interview, or he's got uh, something that he's going to do on network television, and so he can get through brief moments of the day. Yeah, it's tough too because we first of all he's not appearing in long form often, and hardly ever, almost never. And if you watch only conservative media, and you know, obviously I like conservative media and, and we're on a conservative, you know, we're a conservative media platform, you do tend to get a lot of highlights of him just losing his mind yep. where he's just, he's... Where it's clear that something's wrong. There's, yeah. And so those are the ones that get a lot of play on conservative media. When you watch Biden in long form, he's bad, but not as bad as we picture him. He, yeah. he does have moments of coherence. Yeah. Yes, you notice it in the debates. He's I mean, lucid sometimes. He wasn't, he, you kind of walk going into those debates. The, 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 the hurdle for him to clear was so low. I mean, people were right. like, is he going to come out and just like start yelling the word squirrel repeatedly? I don't, we didn't know what was going to happen. <laughs> right. And he, you know, I'm not saying he did he's, well in the debates, but no. he was able to at least form sentences. But the other thing is he's worse since then. Even then. Yeah. He's it does worse. seem like, Look, if he was better than then, if he was equal to then, they wouldn't be hiding him. Right. They are hiding him. They are clearly hiding him. And they don't want you to think or to remember that Joe Biden is president of the United States. They they are just kind of hoping you forget about it. Let them pass their bills. Don't worry about it. You know what? He's no longer a factor in your life. And there's a lot of people, I will say, in the United States who are thankful for that because they felt that Donald Trump... And his giant media presence was intrusive to their life. Whether they liked him or not, mm-hmm. he was just always there. Every story was about Trump. This isn't, mm-hmm. I mean, Trump, you know, of course, encourages this. He loves the media. He loves being the center of attention for this stuff. But also the media overdid it. And they all, they made him part of stories he had no role in constantly. Yeah. And then Trump would tweet about a story he had no role in. And then he'd become that story. And there was a lot of, I, I mean, part of the election story was told where people were just kind of just tired of the constant presence of the president in their life. I don't think that's a great design for this country, frankly. I, I, I mean, Trump did it well and used it to his advantage many times, but I don't really want a president who's in my face all the time. It's a little bit fatiguing. It is. And so I think a lot of people, especially people who don't really follow politics or care about these things, kind of are liking the idea they don't hear from Biden. And mm-hmm. the Democrats are i think smartly 
taking advantage of that and they're passing all sorts of incredibly damaging bills and and, and efforts to our country yeah. that i think uh, they're getting away with because the media is always asleep at the wheel biden's asleep at the wheel and they they take advantage of the fact that people don't really want to hear from him and there are people who are just fatigued with politics yeah. in general and yep. just don't want to hear it anymore i it's just, true was talking to some friends over the weekend at a uh, at a wedding reception that we were at, and they were saying to me, "We're just I can't take it. I just can't take it." And so I've turned off. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I I can't hardly blame you. It's I mean, natural, I know. but it's it's dangerous. It is, especially when there's really no it one is. to stop the Democrats from doing what they're doing. I mean, one point mm-hmm. nine trillion dollar bill. They jam packed that thing. Even if you take the most aggressive and a favorable view of that bill for the democrats still you're you're basically at a third that was somewhat related to covid you could argue right mm-hmm. uh, even though a lot of it was still nonsense you go to that's two-thirds of this bill you know you're talking a trillion dollars which they just a trillion dollars plus where they just basically put through a bunch of democratic priorities that would have in other contexts been giant debates in our country where mm-hmm. we would fight back and forth about how, wait, this is way too much money to spend on X, Y, and Z. This sh- we shouldn't spend any money on this. And they just dumped it into this bill because it does seem like every president gets one bill that is not controversial. <laughs> like, you know, I mean, even if it is controversial, you get it through. And he, this, he took this one bill and took real advantage of it. We have asked the Republicans to do such things many times and they don't do it. No, they can't for some reason. Trump was the best thing that could have ever happened to Republicans on policy because he dominated the news coverage so much. They could have put anything through. No one cared about policy for four years. (laughs) No one talked about policy. All they had to do was just send it through, send it through. And you know what? When we're about to take the vote, Don, do you mind tweeting about, uh, I don't know, uh morning joe say something <laughs> denigrating about mika and then the entire media will be talking about that and we'll pass healthcare reform <laughs> they could have done all of these things yeah and they did not d- take advantage of it i mean it was a real it could have been they couldn't even do the one thing that everybody wanted to to do and that was to get rid of obamacare the thing they promised us they swore up and down as soon as we can do this can't do it right now but when we have both houses and the executive office why then then we can do it yep and And they they didn't do it yep didn't do it and really the only thing they got done legislatively that was controversial was the tax bill which was moderately okay i mean i don't it wasn't a terrible bill but it was not a it not was a not great something one i was inspired by right and it you know it didn't inspire america and but, it's going to be completely negated now yep because we're going to get a massive tax increase and they'll get the tax increase through they'll get the tax increase through yeah I mean, I think they, they may will. have to wait a year to do it but they'll get but it they'll through do it. in this in this first two years yeah because they, yes, can, they will they will be able to get it through with 50 votes and <sighs> guess what Jeez. once again joe manchin will not protect you wait what joe no, I, manchin he said though i know he will not protect you he will not but he promised and we're probably going to get a minimum wage thing too don't you think oh absolutely i mean i yeah, don't think we absolutely. get to 15 dollars an hour i don't think they're, they'll get there i could see a compromise of 12 I could see 10 to 12. I mean, there are Repu- I mean, Mitt Romney has come out and said he'll vote for 10 bucks an hour. Well, here's the thing. I can't support my family of 10 
on seven dollars and 25 cents an hour you know and that's Whoa. what i've been trying to do my whole life <laughs> really yes yeah first of all <laughs> yeah, let me so it's kind of uh, weird i should help you uh, yeah. negotiate your next contract here but i, okay. I also think <laughs> it's not designed <laughs> so you think i'm underpaid at 725 uh, an hour there's a lot of people who think i'm overpaid at that number <laughs> A lot of listeners are like, wow, that's way too much. Wow, he's making that kind of money? Yeah. Wow, that's not worth it. But it's not designed to to do this. To support families. It's designed to support a 15-year-old just getting into the workforce. Yeah. You know, uh, I, this is pretty interesting. We're talking about minimum wage. There's a the Daily today, which is the flagship podcast of the New York Times, mm-hmm. um, had a, uh, their podcast today was dedicated to the minimum wage. Um, and, and I'm sure they're pushing it. Of course, they're pushing it. Yeah. Obviously, they're pushing yep. it. However, it was pretty interesting because it was their case was not, hey, fairness. Hey, this will be wonderful for everyone. Mm-hmm. Their case was more nuanced and they, and they did handle it, I think, uh, as fairly as you could expect the New York Times to handle it. What was interesting, though, is they were making the case that economists have always been against the minimum wage and now they've turned mm. They now think it's a good thing and it's not going to be mm. damaging to society. Oh, it's not going to hurt businesses, small businesses. Apparently not. Okay. Although good. there was a conversation, they did mention that debate, right? Yeah. I mean, we, like, you know, Josh Hawley is pitching a bill where he's agreeing with the Democrats. Yes, $15 an hour minimum wage. A Republican senator, $15 an hour minimum wage, but only on big companies is his line. Um, uh, which I, to me, it's like, I'd rather have at least two parties. I feel like having one party and having people act like they don't like each other, but then voting for the same things is not a great formula. Yeah. But yeah. I guess, I guess that's where we are right now. There's a big, there's a big push and minimum wage has been one of the most popular, uh, items in public policy for a very long time. Well, yeah, because nobody explains why it, it's a bad thing. Everybody, you know, they buy into the hype from the Democrats that you can't, you can't live on, on 725 in Manhattan. Well, well yeah, but no, but who's trying can, to do that? Number one, let them set their minimum wage then. Yeah. And by the way, that's what's happened yeah. all over the country. So the minimum exactly. wage in the country is not 725. It is in certain low priced areas, mm-hmm. but even cities raise it all over the place. But just to tell you how far we've come here, Pat. Mm-hmm. 1987, January 14th, an op-ed from the New York Times editorial board. So like their official kind of position. The headline is the right minimum wage, zero dollars and zero cents. Oh my gosh. That's how far we've come from wow. 1987. A long, long way. Wow. All right. Well... Michael lives in Connecticut, and he was living for years with pain in his elbow. Now, that might not sound like it's that bad, but your elbow is one of the worst places to have pain because your joints get inflamed. Even when you're being still, you can't move your elbow. You can't get it comfortable. Needless to say, Michael really was miserable and in serious pain. Tried for a long time to find a way to get rid of that pain, and nothing really worked. Some things would help for a short while, but ultimately, the pain would come back. Then one day, Michael heard uh, Glenn talking about Relief Factor and decided to give it a try. I mean, it's only 20 bucks for the, the trial thing, so you might as well give it a whirl, see what happens. Well, the old story is true here. Michael got his life back and the pain is gone. Relief Factor isn't a drug, but it was developed by doctors and 70% of the people who try Relief Factor go on to buy more. They're not insane. They're buying it because it works for them. 
Will it work for you? Give it a shot. Three-week quick start. The trial pack is only $19.95. Go to relieffactor.com or call them at 800-583-84. It's relieffactor.com or 800-583-84. Uh, welcome, <laughs> Pat and Stu for Glenn. Hopefully, Glenn will be uh, feeling better and, and back uh, tomorrow. Do you, can you tell that story of your friend with the businesses? Uh, yeah, I was talking to a friend who's uh, who does really well um, and has several businesses. And I, I asked him uh, the, over the weekend how his businesses were going in the COVID era. And he said, well, uh, to give you an idea, went into the COVID situation with three businesses and 450 employees. And I came out of it with one business and 150 employees and it was the best year i've ever had and he went on to explain that Mm. you know he was kind of struggling a little bit with those two businesses that went out of business and he said so they needed to go anyway and and his theory was that a lot of businesses that were on shaky ground just uh were were put out of their misery essentially yeah and it's like clearing out the dead brush in a forest you know, right, creative so the, destruction, right? right. It's a you know a capitalistic principle. So the one that is doing well, you can focus on and make it thrive even more. And in theory, right, the new businesses will prop up, and those three hundred people who lost their job hopefully have been able to slide into right. a new else. business that is thriving instead of one that's struggling and was going to go out of business eventually anyway. That's the theory and the hope. That's the hope. Yeah. It's going to be a t- with all this government money. Eventually, it's going to dry up, and where do we go from there? It's going to be it's going to be a hell of a thing to watch. That's for sure. This is the Glenn Beck Program.